Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water... It starts to just taste bland and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just, I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. Join us for a journey as we go back to the great civilizations of the past. Who were the people? What were they like? How did they begin and how did they end? Let's find out on episode 42 Let's attack the Medes. Previously on the Fan of History, Manua, king of Urartu, expanded his power in what is today Armenia. The kingdom of Judah lost a war against Israel. Well, Dan, after all that, what are we looking forward to today? Well, now we are in the 780s BC. And Adonirai III is the king of the Neo-Syrian Empire. He's the sixth king. The Assyrians are the strongest state in the Near East, with Urartu a close second and a rival. Uh, Adonirai III is a warrior king. He has been around for many episodes now, and he will be around a little while longer. We only have details for his western campaigns, which means that we don't know much about when he attacked the Medes. Oh no. What happened, but we'll talk about it anyway, because that's what we do. <laughs> exactly. There might be a reference to Adar Neroi III in the Bible. Wow, really? In Jonah 3.6 to 3.9, there is King of Nineveh. And he receives Jonah's prophecy of forthcoming doom. And then he decides to dress in sackcloth and order a fast. Is that the English word? Fast? Yeah. Where you don't and eat? Throughout, throughout Nineveh. In a, and it's successful because with this fast and the sackcloth on the Assyrian king, uh, the doom is prevented. This story 
does not check out <laughs> because simply the capital of Assyria is not Nineveh. Right. Nineveh will become the capital later, but the capital is still in Kala, where Ashurnasipal put it. So Adonirah the third capital is Kala, not Nineveh. So um, yeah. But if you if you try to identify this king, it's uh, most likely Adonirah the third. So about the state of the empire, Adonirah the third has done a lot to stop the decline of the Neo Assyrian Empire. But the empire is crumbling under its own weight. The system is not designed to support a state of this size. And remember that Ashurnasipal II, he made all the governors of provinces eunuchs. Oh, yeah. This is long gone. So we have powerful houses controlling the provinces. And it's all turning Game of Thrones-like. Hmm. So each one of the formerly um, held by eunuch um, cities are now well entrenched with a specific f genealogy. Yeah, I, I talked about how this happens because this happened to Joe China as well. Yep. And uh, the thing is, the king has a trusted general that he really likes. So he's like, I can put this guy as the governor of the province because I can really trust this guy. And the general is like, I am 100% loyal to the king. I will govern this province and obey the king. And it all works out, but then one of them dies. Yep. And the next generation takes over. Then two, three generations later, there is no loyalty left. Except what is forced on them. So um, Syria is uh, going to have civil problems in the order of the empire. We also don't really know what's going on in Babylon, if Babylon even counts as part of the empire of Babylonia, the country around the city of Babylon, the so southern Mesopotamia. But for now, Adonirah III and his strong field marshal Shamshi'ilu is keeping the empire together and it looks kind of okay. So let's jump over to Greece, because Greek, the Greeks will take over this podcast. <laughs> there will be episodes where we'll talk only about Greeks. They will become the new Assyrians. <laughs> yes, in a very different way. So the Greeks are now ready in, 780, in the 780s BC to begin taking over the Mediterranean. The, the colon, we will spend a whole episode talking just about this colonization process because it's unparalleled. It's so extreme. There are already colonies. We talked about Almina in Syria. We talked about the Ionian coast of Turkey. And we talked about the Bay of Naples, where there are already Greeks. The island of Euboea, this backwater today, is mm -hmm. the center of Greek power. But in the next decade, in the 1770s BC, somebody will have a brilliant idea how to unify the Greeks, how to make the Greeks great. So something extraordinary that will still influence the world this very summer of 2016. Uh, it will happen in the 770s BC and we'll spend an episode on that too. The Greeks are gradually forgetting about the concept of being Dorians or being Achaeans. 
and they're more and more becoming Hellenes, uh, Greeks. Remember, Greek is a word that the Romans used for, they got it from one Greek tribe, and they just used it on all the Greeks. But the, the correct term is Hellenes. Okay. So the Greeks never talked about themselves as Greeks in ancient times. Uh, the Greeks are also about to rediscover writing. They have not had writings during the whole Dark Age, and not since the 12th or the 13th century have they been able to write anything down. So when they pick it up again, do they pick up the, the old way, or do they come up with a completely new way? No, the old way of writing was uh, lost, and... Uh, some of it has been uh, discovered by scientists, and we can now read it, but they could not read it in the uh, 8th century BC. Okay. So they will pick up writing from the Phoenicians. Oh, right. Phonetic. I forgot. Yes. But now, let's see what Adar Nirari III is up to. In 789 BC, Adar Nirari III decides to... Attack the Medes! Attack those Medes! Attack the Medes! There are eight wars against the Medes during Adar Nirari III's reign. <laughs> and we don't know what this is about. We know that the Medes is a, pretty much a horse people in the Sagros Mountains in Iran. And we, we don't know who's ruling them. We don't know what they're doing. We don't know why they're getting attacked by the Assyrians all the time. But apparently the Assyrians can't beat them. They are never made into a vassal state. It is possible that they are, the Medes are vassals of the Manians, but why are the Manians not getting attacked here? It is the Medes getting attacked. Or maybe at this time, Mede was a term meaning anybody in the Sagros Mountains. It seems strange because I get it if they're taking horses because they clearly need horses. But how could sacking, you know, basically horse farmers year after year yield anything for them? Because, you know, it's going to, it would take time. Just, I mean, let's just talk, you know, horse husbandry. You're going to have to give them time to replenish their stock. Because if you took all of them, you know, they're not going to have any more horses. So it's going to at least take a year. I guess they would have they would have to do it very selectively. I don't know. It's it seems so strange that they would attack over and over again. You're going to deplete you would deplete their stock so much that like my 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 mind goes to like this is a a big attacking conspiracy like they didn't really do it. They said Hey, every year we're going to make a lot of noise. And but what we're really going to do is come here and buy a lot of horses. <laughs> who's going to tell on them? Seriously, they just kind of go hang out yeah. in the mountains for a while, you know, chill out. Maybe they fight a little bit to, you know, to so everybody feels kind of good about themselves. If they attack someone and says that he's a me. Yeah, oh no, those, the, those idiots down there. Yeah, we're going to attack them and say we beat y'all up. Is that cool? Yeah, fine with us. We don't care. <laughs> Here's some horses. Yeah, because the Assyrian king has a religion. 
Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water it starts to just taste bland and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just, I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. It is duty to go on campaigns. You have to write something in the Chronicle that this year I attacked. And if he has nothing to fill in, maybe he fills in the meads. He just fills in the meads, exactly. Go and buy horses and say, uh, we, we beat up the meads. I I think also that uh, mountain warfare is kind of not the the thing the Assyrians like to do a lot. So, and the Sagres Mountains are smaller than the the mountains of Urartu, as I understand it. So maybe this is just exercise for the war that the Assyrians know will come. They want to invade Urartu again. Maybe they can practice in the Sagres Mountains against the Medes. But they are very different enemies because the Medes will probably just retreat like any barbarian people. Sure. Uh, whereas the Urartians never retreat. Or they will retreat, but they, they are fortifying. Their, their strategy is building forts to defend their mountains. And the Medes are not building any forts. Hmm. But we will attack the Medes again in, later in this episode. So let's move on to 788 BC. <laughs> Where Adad-Niroi III gets uh, religious and builds a temple to Naboo. Naboo? Yes, and this is not the, the Star Wars planet. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's the scribe of the gods in the Mesopotamian pantheon. Okay. That is another Babylonian god that is influencing Assyrians. Remember, the Assyrians are monotheists. Oh. They worship Asher, the god of war, who is all gods. That includes the aspect of Asher that is Naboo. So the worship of Naboo in Assyria is suspiciously like the worship of Naboo in uh, Babylonia. But this started way back with Ashurnasipal II, who also had a soft spot for the scribe of the gods Naboo. This temple is finished in 787 BC. The Assyrian kings 
after hunting and going on campaign, they love building stuff that stands around and reminds people of how great they were. Mm -hmm. So all the Assyrian kings up to this point have built stuff. And we mentioned some of it. Uh, the biggest thing is probably the capital of Kala, built by Ashurnasipal II. But we will see that after Adonirod III, this building process really declines as well. Because Adonirod III built other stuff as well. He built uh, his own palace at Kala. Okay. He built stuff. Uh, he built a palace in Nineveh. And Nineveh is one of these ancient Assyrian cities that has been around from the very start of the empire. But Nineveh is not yet the capital then. It will be the final biggest amazing capital of the Neo-Syrian Empire. But it, it, that's not yet. And then uh, Shamshi Ilu, the field marshal, mm -hmm. did uh, extensive repairs and fortifications at Fort Chalmaneser, which is the old Bittadini capital in the north, which is sort of turning into a, a war capital for Shamshi Ilu. And it's his hometown, so he really likes this place. Very close to Rartu. Uh, also in 788 BC, Adarnuar III has to attack someone. And can you guess who he attacks? Hold up. Let me think. Could it possibly be the Medes? Yes! In 788 <laughs> BC, Adarnuar III attacks the Medes. In 787 BC, Adar III attacks the Medes. The Medes. <laughs> Three years in a row. Gotta beat up those Medes. Those Medes are some, they're just some jerks. Yeah, I think it's like the uh, industrial military complex in Neo-Syria. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh no, we can't do that because we are at war with the Medes. Right. <laughs> oh, these Medes, I've never seen them. Oh, they are in the mountains. Oh, right. I assure you there are Medes, and they need to be beat. <laughs> yes, I know you have civil rights, but uh, we can't, uh, we, we can't, uh, we have to ignore them now because we're at war with the Medes. Yeah, that's, this, this, is, this is repeating itself, Dan. It sounds <laughs> yes. so familiar. In 786 BC, the III attacks Kisku. What? Not the Medes? No, maybe it's the Medes, <laughs> because I don't know what Kisku is. If anyone knows what this is, please let me know in the comments, because uh, this is just an entry in the Epinom Chronicle. And the Epinom Chronicle is uh, a continuous document with just one line, pretty much, for every year that says who was attacked. It says two things. It says, during the eponomy of someone... <coughs> Uh, and for this year, it's during the eponymy of Nabu Sara Usur, the governor of Talmusu, uh, the king campaigned against Kisku. So we know somebody important becomes the eponym name of this year. And okay. uh, in the first year of the king, it's always the king. Sure, sure. But then it's uh, like the highest honor in Assyria to get into the eponym chronicle. And then your, your title and then who was attacked this year. So this year, they go to Kisku, and maybe that's a mid uh, town or something. Hmm. But we don't know. So now we are in 786 BC. Those Medes are uh, getting the <laughs> deserved attention for some reason. <laughs> Adarniroi III is still around. 
And that's where we are going to leave him this time. We're just gonna leave him there, huh? Yes. Occupied with the mead problem. Yeah. The ever-growing mead problem. He wants to keep your children safe from the meads, Dan. <laughs> yes. They'll have to trust the king and the provincial governors because the meads could come any day. Exactly. And it is... It is interesting to think about that when the Neo-Syrian Empire falls and the capital gets sacked and destroyed in 612 BC, guess who does it? The Medes. The Medes? <laughs> yes. Oh man, they're tired there of getting There will be payback for all these attacks. <laughs> so, so the threat was real, right? Right. But it's 170 years later than this. Oh, so, yeah, either they were some serious uh, prof uh, what was it? Prophesying? Prophesying, right? That's how you say it. Yep. Unless they, yeah, unless there were some serious prophets going on, this just seems like a self-fulfilling <laughs> uh, issue. They created this enemy that they overtook them in the end. They sure did. I think all the Medes just carry grudges for a very long time. Oh, that's probably true, too. All right. Well, our next episode, it looks like we're going to enter into those dark, dark days. And it's time to meet the not-so-mysterious Utruscans for the very first time. Oh, yes. All right. So let's have everybody go to the YouTube channel. Like and subscribe. Share. Tell your friends about us. Write a review on iTunes and we will read it on this very podcast. So also don't forget Facebook.com slash fan of history. Patreon.com slash fan of history to keep this podcast going. Become a Patreon, even for a dollar an episode. It would really help us with our uh, goals of continuing on the stories. Definitely. Doing a podcast costs money, and we'd like to continue <laughs> beyond. We, we, I promise to do this until 701 BC and the destruction of Sennacherib. But in order to go further, in order to go into the amazing 7th century BC, and watch the Medes destroy Assyria, <laughs> we have to find some uh, some advertisers or sponsors. Uh, you can help out. Patreon.com slash fan of history. Yeah, we don't mind having a sponsor for the show. We will read your, you know, whatever you need us to tell people. Just let us know. If there are any Medes out there, maybe you would sponsor us. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, we're on your side. Those guys were jerks. Yes. <laughs> we know what you've been through. <laughs> exactly. We read all about it. All right. Well, I guess for this week, I am Brennan. And I'm Dan. And this has been The Fan of History. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting us on Patreon, patreon.com slash fanofhistory. Just a dollar an episode would help us out. Thanks, and see you next time. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait. Is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.